This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. I want to read this passage of scripture to you, and I'm actually reading it out of the New Living Translation this morning, out of Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. We've looked at this before when we went through our first series here together, a church that acts like the church. I believe we discussed this passage to an extent, but this morning I want to break it down just a little bit. Verse 41 starts, it says, Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them, all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared in their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And so like I said, for the next two weeks, I want to share with you the invite. Now if you're here this morning, it means that obviously you understand some importance in coming to church. We understand that there is an importance, that there's a reason that we actually show up on a Sunday morning. We wake up the one day that we probably could sleep in, that we don't hit the snooze button, and we get up, and we show up to the house of the Lord. The question, I guess, better sits is would we know how to answer that question if we invited somebody and they said, well, why should I go to church? So I want to give you five reasons out of this passage of Scripture this morning that we actually come to church. First of all, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24, 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. This is the mandate from the writer of Hebrews that we do not forsake attending fellowship together like we are this morning. The writer says, Let us consider one another and stir up love and good works within each other. Well, we've just come out of this series of conversations on something fruity and what it really means to live this fruitful life and to take the the faith that we have that's rooted and put that faith to work. And so now here it's only fitting that the writer of Hebrews would tell us, now stir up one another and stir up the faith and the works within each other. Let us not forsake assembling ourselves together, especially as the day is approaching. Well, the day that we're talking about is the day of the Lord's return. So the the writer of Hebrews has given us this mandate that if the time has ever been present, if the time has ever been uh, specific for us or ever been pressing for us to make sure we don't forsake assembling ourselves together as some have the habit of doing. I love the, the NIV. You know, you see the kids doing these scripture songs up here. I know you've seen them during Kids Crusade and they've done them a couple Uh, on one of the the Generation Sundays, but there is a scripture song for this, and I'm not going to teach it to you this morning, 
But it says, let us not forsake assembling ourselves together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us draw closer to each other as the day approaches. And the, the date that is coming for the Lord's return is ever so close. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. We never know. And so the question is, are we doing our part? We're here. So we're, we're, we're doing our part for us to be here. But are we doing our part in creating a, a mindset for ourselves to push and to invite and to be persistent to push other people to have that same mindset? So I want to give you these five reasons this morning of why we go to church. First of all, number one, we go to church because of membership. And I'm not talking about formal church membership as a formal member of this body, but I'm talking more so about a membership of a family. When you join, when you come into the, the doors of this church, I hope that every person that ever walks in feels like they've walked into a place that they can feel at home. They've walked into a place that they feel like they're all of a sudden part of a family. I'm going to hand you an invitation next Sunday, and it's going to simply say, we are family. Won't you come be a part of it? And that's the goal. We want to be part of the membership. Verse 42 of what I read you says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, sharing in meals, and to prayer. They were a part of something that was bigger than themselves. You heard me address the congregation many times, probably just this morning already, as family. I'm a firm believer that as the church body, the local church body, we are family. We have extended family as we're a part of the Church of God denomination. We look out and we are extended family. We are a family of one much, much bigger than ourselves as the Church of God. But this church body, this church gathering, this congregation is family. That's what we're talking about. We come to church to be a part of the membership of the family. It doesn't mean we're all perfect. Is everybody in your family perfect? No. If they are, I want to meet them. I surely do. We're not all perfect. We don't all see eye to eye. In your family, you're connected by blood. And sometimes, unfortunately, you really can't undo that. Right? Well, in this family, we're connected by the blood. And we're not going to undo that. But we may not see eye to eye, we're not all perfect, and we may not always have the same ideas and the same ideals, but realistically, we're family. And the goal of this family is to uplift the name of Jesus and to see people come in that are lost and that are hurting, to see them change, to see lives restored, to see families come together, be made whole. So regardless of whether my opinion is the same of your opinion, and regardless of whether we see eye to eye on every this, that, and the other, our one common goal is to love Jesus and to love people. Right? So it doesn't matter that we don't always see the eye to eye. We're family. Just because we don't, don't change that. Family hurts together. Family celebrates together. I hope that maybe on <clears throat> some important event of yours, of your life, maybe a birthday. I hope that you have some family member somewhere that wishes you a happy birthday. I hope that on, when you're hurting, when you're sad, when you're beat down, when you're sick, that somebody, you have somebody to tell you that they're sorry, they're praying for you, they love you, in your blood family. And in the same way, when we go to church and we're a part of a fellowship, when we're a part of a community together, we're a part of a family that celebrates the victories and we're a part of a family that mourns the losses. We do this together. 
And more times than not in my life, I've seen, I've seen church family be closer than a lot of blood family. It's just the way that it works. We're, we're bound together. We're unified in a special connection. We're unified in the Holy Spirit. And so we have a closer connection than even blood allows us to have with some blood relatives. We're a part of the membership of the family. Through the family membership, church gives us a place to belong. There was a study that, that I read a little piece of as I was preparing for this that says basically one in four people at some point feel that they're, they're lonely, like they have no place to belong. One in four people. That means if we counted out just this congregation this morning, we have quite a few people that if you haven't recently, you're going to at some point feel lonely or like you're missing the place to belong. So why would we not want to create a place? Why would we not want to have a place to belong? Well, we do. It's the church family. When we can't belong anywhere else, when we feel like we're just kind of outcast and we're kind of wondering and we don't know what, where in the world am I supposed to be, what, what, where am I going, well, we're all one. We're all family. All created in the, in the same, by the same God with the same, much different characteristics and much different attributes, but we were all saved under the one saving grace, under the one family of God. So there is a place to belong always in the family of God. The family membership gives us the place to belong. It gives us the support system. I'm sure you've heard a lot of strategies of people that, that maybe don't attend church, and you've heard a football player without a ball team or a soldier without a platoon, and you've heard all these different things. Probably my favorite one is a child without a family. And when we're not plugged in, when we're not part of this, we might as well be an orphan walking around wondering, lost. Not knowing where the next meal might come from or not knowing where I might sleep tonight. Not knowing who really loves me and who doesn't really love me. When we're not plugged into the, the family, we might as well be a child without the family. And you and I are part of this family and we... We're here, but to think of that, that was kind of sobering for me to, to kind of really slow down and take that in. How many people do I know that are walking around feeling like a child without a family? They need the membership of our family. The second reason we go to church is magnification. Verses 46 and 47 says that they worshipped at the temple each day. They met in the homes of the people for the Lord's Supper, and they shared meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising the Lord. Everything they did, whether they came together, whether they were working, whether they were eating, whether they were going to the temple, when they gathered together in fellowship, everything was doing it with praise to God. The purpose of the church was to magnify the Lord. Although being a member of the family is good, it's not what it's about. We come together for the fellowship, but we come together as a family, as one, to magnify and lift up the Lord. We come together to focus on Him. Our lives, realistically, should be an act of worship. We should be living out worship every day and everything that we do, but 
many times, many of us are so busy and many of us get lost throughout the day. And maybe we can sit back at the end of the day and be like, oh man, I missed it. Well, this morning as we sit here in this room, we're in this building with the purpose of coming. We, we had a time set aside this morning. I'm going to the church house. Sunday school's at 945. Churches start at 1045. I'm going to be there. We knew without a doubt, you probably knew last Sunday when you left, that this Sunday you were coming and this time was set aside. Nothing else was going to take its place because you were coming to magnify the Lord. You were coming to worship the Lord. So church slows us down. It gives us an opportunity where life is kind of shut out for a little while. Maybe we struggle to shut it out, but you have every opportunity in the world to shut out life for the next 30 minutes, remaining 30 minutes, to focus on worshiping the Lord. Coming to church gives us that opportunity. We have to magnify the Lord. Our strength comes through our weakness, but it comes when we worship the Lord. The gifts of the Father come through our worship to Him. We come together to magnify. I read you that verse of Scripture already. In Psalm, Psalm 34, 3, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. There, there's something special about driving in your car in your solitude and worshiping the Lord and having yourself a little Holy Ghost time there by yourself. But there is really something special about coming together to magnify the Lord with me and exalt His name together. There's something special that takes place. The atmosphere shifts in a different way when we come together unified as a body, as a family, as all members of this family in weird shape, ways, and doing all these different things. We come together to be one, to work together. And when we worship together, something changes. When we focus on God, we magnify Him. I literally thought of a magnifying glass. And when you... Hold a magnifying glass up to something, it literally gets bigger. So when we magnify the Lord, we literally focus on who He is, and it's like it literally gets bigger right in front of our eyes. You ever use the telescope and you look way off into space, and you have this itty-bitty, teeny-tiny hole that it takes you 30 minutes to figure out where to put your eye to actually see through it, and it's, it's weird and just aggravating sometimes. But when you ever get to the point that you can see the moon that you're trying to see, all you see is that little bitty circle of the moon. Everything around it's black, right? When you're looking through the lens of that telescope, all you see is what you're focused on. Some people can take those telescopes and without ever even looking down in them, they can hold them just right and look at the angle and figure all this stuff out. And when they look through, it's, it's right there on what they're trying to see. But when we magnify the Lord, like with a telescope, we can see more detail in who God is than we've ever been able to see before. And nothing else all around it matters. The sky could be falling down, but if your telescope is on the moon, you're looking at the moon. When we come together as a church and we magnify the Lord and we focus on who God is to glorify and to worship Him, we put Him in His place and all else around us falls off to the side and all we can see is the true glory of God and His love for us. We come together to magnify Him. The third reason we go to church is in verse 42. All believers devoted themselves again to the apostles' teaching and to prayer. We come to church to mature. 
If you've been missing or maybe you haven't been able to be in our Wednesday night conversations, they are absolutely awesome. And what's so awesome about them is they're very conversational. And they're, they're very Bible study feel type conversations. And one person will say one thing and somebody else will feed off of that. And, and then we'll, I'll interject and we'll feed back and forth. And scripture teaches us that iron sharpens iron just as man sharpens his brother. And those are perfect examples of us coming to the house as a family and lifting each other up and building each other up. See, God, when, when the scripture is alive... When it was written, it was written alive. The, the Lord is literally the Word. So why would it not be, knowing how big and how awesome God is, why would it not be that when I read it, I see something totally different than the way that you read it? Well, if I sit at home by myself all the time and I read it on my own all the time, I'm only getting my perspective. But when I come together in our family and we're lifting each other up and we're building each other up and we're taking our iron and we're rubbing against each other, sometimes even a little kind of gritty and sometimes it might feel a little weird and it ain't even the most comfortable. But we work it out and figure out that God is so true to his word and we build each other up. When we come to the church, we mature with each other. The early church was committed to leaning in and learning every chance that they got. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and establish your faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. We are to be rooted. We can't be rooted if we're not mature. A few weeks back, when we had, maybe have even been a month ago, we had all those crazy rains going on. You remember it just rained and rained and rained and rained? There's a path that goes back behind the house, and that field of soybeans that's planted right there, there's like a perfect river that ran right through the middle of that field. That field had just been planted, had not been long at all. Those little baby plants didn't last. They were washed up over in the yard across the path they weren't rooted now you get a heavy downpour and those big old fat soybean plants are going nowhere it would take something drastic now to destroy them because as they've matured they've rooted down into the soil they're digging down deep they're absorbing nutrients they're absorbing what they need to grow and to flourish when we come to the house we come to the house to mature through our worship, through teaching, through prayer. We mature. The fourth reason we come to the house is for our ministry. Not the church's ministry, but for our ministry. Because to be a part of the family means that we're an individual stepping into something that's bigger than we are by ourselves. There's power in numbers. Each one of us has been given a gift. Each one of us has been given a ministry. If you can cook, God has blessed you in a gracious way with a gift to bless people. If your gift is paperwork, God has blessed you in a gift that is aggravating. But you do paperwork and you do it well. 
If God has blessed you to teach and to hold yourself in a way that, that people want to listen to you, then God has blessed you to do that for other people. If God's blessed you with a song, he's blessed you to sing, then he's done it so that he would be edified and glorified and other people would worship with you. Whatever it is, whatever the gift, you can't do it all by yourself and it be as effective as if we come together as one body to minister together. That's why we're part of a denomination. I've defended the, the idea of a denomination and specifically the church of God to people that are non-believers and people that are anti-denomination. There's a lot of rules and regulations and bylaws and, and, and legalisms that if we're not careful, we miss the point of the denomination. But us, as the Sapona Road Church of God, can join thousands and thousands and thousands of other churches to come together and what our little bit that we have, that's our very best, and the grand scheme of things is still just a little bit. But that little bit put with somebody else's little bit and somebody else's little bit is going across the world to see people saved and one to Christ. There's a special accountability that comes being a part of a denomination. There's order. There's structure. Sure. There are, are imperfections and it's never perfect. No system is ever perfect. But we're part of a good system when it works the way that it's supposed to. And we're a part of that for ministry. The church of God allows our church, our local body, to do big things as part of the big body. The church of God planted the church of God home, home for children in Kannapolis, North Carolina. And our check that we sent was huge. It was a big blessing that, that we're sending to them to bless them that we received at the kids revival. But in the grand scheme of things, the church of God body put that children's home there. We were able to be a small part of what goes on there. Our ministry was small, but it was able to be big because we're part of the body. We're a part of the church. And it's no different with you and I individually. You and I are given an opportunity, and maybe it's not just, hey, maybe it's not pastor going to say, hey, I need you to do this, or I think it'd be a great idea for you to do this. Maybe it looks more like, Pastor, this is what I can do. How do you think we can use it? Because the church allows us to explore our gifts and our abilities and our ministries to bless other people. We're a part of the church to do ministry. The church was designed to perform miracles and see lives changed. Verse 43 says a sense of a deep sense of awe came over them, the church, and they performed many miraculous signs and wonders. They did ministry with what they had. God poured out his spirit on them, and when the spirit was poured out, they took the, the Holy Spirit walking, excuse me, walking with them, and they did ministry. People's lives were drastically changed. People would stand in line. They would gather to be a part of what was taking place, what these apostles could do. And it wasn't through their own human ability. They did it. They had to be submissive to do it. They had to literally allow themselves to be the vessel because God ain't going to just use you and pick you up and use you like a puppet. 
We have to be the willing vessel. And God uses us as simply the connection to perform the signs and wonders. Jesus, give us that gift that greater gifts than these will you give and greater things will these you will do. The church's purpose is to be a house of restoration, a house of hope, a place where ministry can take place. We come to church to find and to thrive in our ministry. You had a calling to do ministry long before you ever walked in the doors of this church. If this church building didn't exist, no church building exists. You still had a calling to do ministry. So it's to your advantage, it's to our luxury that these buildings do exist. And that we do come together and we have a place of home, a place that we come to so that what we've already been called to do, now we're given an opportunity to find how to do it. Lastly, we come to church because of the mission. Verse 47 says, Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were saved. Our mission as the church is to see people saved. Luke 19 and 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Why would our mission be any different? If we're to be Christ-like as Christians, and we're to be a Christian church, why would our mission not look just like Jesus' mission? Why would our mission individually not be a mission that would be to seek, to look out for, to find, to, to somehow figure out where in the world they are, and then to save them? We come to church because as a church, we're now a body. There's now numbers of us that all have testimonies that build on each other and lift each other up so that our mission could be completed. Because if we're not careful, the devil would want to put us in this state of solitude and make us feel like we're the only person that has a testimony. And that because we have a testimony, we were no good. And because we have a testimony, we were, we, we were not worthy to seek and save the lost. But when we come together and we realize that every single one of us, every part of this family, every one of the members has a testimony. We come to church to support the mission. So we have five reasons we go to church. We go to church to be a part of something that's bigger than you can be by yourself. My finger would be no good whatsoever if I cut it off and tried to use it. First of all, the life is going to shrivel up out of it. It's going to turn black. It's eventually going to dry up like a raisin. So when a member's cut off from the body... Whether that member realizes it or not, the life source is then cut off. We come to church to, as a family, lift up the name of Jesus, to magnify Him, 
to exalt his name. To focus solely on who he is. Together. We come to church to find our ministry, to fulfill the mission, to lift each other up and to grow deeper. And I hope and pray, I'm assuming whenever I put this together this for this morning, I thought, it really makes sense that these people that are going to be here really don't need to hear this, Lord. Because you're here. But then he says, it's not about them. Of course they're here. Of course they don't need to hear it. For them. But do we know how to effectively communicate why we go to church? Well, my great-grandma went to church. And then my grandma, she beat me and drugged me and prayed for me. And finally, it was just the thing to do. When my wife or my husband nags me till I just go just because. There's a reason that we come to this house. If there wasn't, what in the world would be the point? I, just like you, would have just as soon thrown the alarm clock out the window if there was no point to this. There is a point. And if we keep that, you and I, knowing that there's a point to this, Knowing that the mandate is, don't forsake assembling together as some have the habit of doing. You know, you know those that have the habit of doing that. That have forsaken coming together. I read this week that the rule was three Sundays. First Sunday, you don't feel good. Second Sunday is vacation. Third Sunday, you ain't going to church. Some of us overcome that. But that's just how easy it is. To miss it. I know that I know people, and I'm sure you could sit right here and think for just a minute and tell me people that were sold out, committed to Jesus in the church. And something so simple. It ain't that they turned bad and started going off and dabbling in crazy sin. It's just that they lost the habit and they become the sum. And that writer of Hebrews said, stir one another in love that your works and your faith don't forsake assembling yourself together as some have the habit of doing, especially as the day approaches. In my Bible, the day is capitalized. It's a capital D. It's not just another day. It's the day. The day. 
all falls back to the invite. One statistic I read said that like 73, I think, percent of Americans claim to be Christians. That's scary in itself. 73% claim to be Christians, but only like 28% of them, if it was even that high, it might have been 20, I don't remember. I looked at a lot of different numbers, but it was 70-something and 20-something. Actually say they attend church regularly. That means we have a lot of people professing to be Christians that need to come back to church. And then another statistic that I read said that it was like one in four people like 25 or 28 percent said that the question was if you were personally invited by somebody that you know how likely would you be to go to church 78 percent of them said very likely and over like 25 to 28 percent of them said that they would attend church if they were simply invited that means if you and I think about the people that we know that need to come back to church, maybe that have never been to church, one out of four of them, that means we're going to deal with rejection 75% of the time. It's okay. But one in four of them, statistically, will come simply because we invite them. And we know that being a part of this family is so, so good. Magnifying the Lord together is so good. Digging deep into the Word and rooting ourselves down to mature is what we've got to do. The church source gives us an opportunity to find our ministry and to thrive in whatever it is. And to fulfill the mission, we got to be here. trying to preach to the choir. I'm trying to, to help you less together. Give the invite. Would you stand with me? this was different this morning and it's more of an informative review of who we are and why we come to the church but I do believe wholeheartedly that if we're going to fulfill the mission and we're going to see the ministries and the ministry that this church is capable of. And if we're going to see this church grow down deeper and be rooted, and we're going to see new family come in to magnify the Lord together, we have to understand why we do what we do. And so I'm just going to ask this week that when we leave here you leave in the forefront of your mind that Hebrews 10.25 says not forsaking assembling together as some have the habit of doing but draw together as the day approaches 
that that would be your forefront. That would be what's going through your mind for the next four weeks as we move forward in this throughout these next few weeks as we press on with the invite. That that would be your drive. That we commit as a church, as a family, that our drive would be that we don't forsake meeting together. We ain't forsaken. You're here. But how many do we know that have? They're the ones that have got in the habit of forsaking. And we should feel such an impression from the Holy Spirit to reach them as the day approaches. Would you pray with me, Father? I love you, Lord. God, I thank you for this house. Lord, not for the building, Lord, but for the people that are in it. God, with, without a church building, Lord, we would still be the church. We would still be a family of, of believers, God. We would still be your church. God, I thank you for each one of the, the members of the family, God. Lord, that each one of them has a part, that each one of them has a place, that each one of them has a function. God, whether it may seem big or small, Lord, without them, Lord, the body would not be complete. Lord, and if they, they fall off or they're cut off, they're separated from the body, Lord, we know that the life source is separated from them. God, and I pray that you would touch us, Lord, as we've heard this message this morning, we've heard your word, God, I pray, Lord, that we would understand why we do what we do and why we come to this house together, why we assemble together. Lord, to be together, to fellowship with one another, to lift each other up, God, to worship your name together, to mature together, to learn, to, to develop our spiritual walk with you together. Lord, to find our ministry and to fulfill our mission. God, I pray that you would convict our hearts this week. Holy Spirit, walk with us, talk with us. Give us the desire to seek and save the lost. God, that as we move through this month with this initiative, this mandate to, to invite people, Lord, that we would fill our pew. God, not for us, not to make us look good, not to, to be about the, how many people are here, Lord, but to simply be about how many people come to know you. God, that's our heart. And I pray for the next four weeks, Lord, that you keep at the forefront of our mind. God, that your, your word says that we should not forsake assembling together as some are in the habit of doing, God. We know the some. We know them, Lord. God, and I pray that you impress them on our hearts as the day is drawing near that we bring them back to the house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.